0: Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Hey, today we're talking about the sometimes complicated relationship between a child and their father. Some of us have great relationships with our fathers, while other of us have lesser or to non-existent relationships with our fathers. But despite what our earthly father is like, the real question for all of us is, do I want to become like my father or like Jesus? And it's the answer to this question that oftentimes determines much of our lives. So today, Pastor Nate's gonna take us through some scripture to see how one man decided not to follow in the wicked footsteps of his father, but decided to take on the characteristics of someone who resembled the nature of God.
1: As I stay in prayer, as I stay in fellowship, as I stay in service, as I stay in generosity, As I do all of these things, God is going to work in my character and make me into a man worth following even if I didn't come from a man that is worth following.
0: I know this is years ago for you now, but can you think about when you first became a father? What were like some thoughts that were just going through your mind? Were you, was it sheer terror? Was it excitement? sheer terror? Uh, need for survival.
1: <laughs> uh, hoping that I'd figure it out. <laughs> you know, I was very young. I was twenty-five, uh, I think, 25. twenty-four, something like that. You know, when when wow. Lauren was born, and. I think there's some advantages to that. You're so young and dumb. You just (laughs) kind of don't don't know how much you don't know yet. (laughs) Uh, But you know, the Lord's been good to us and and helped us. But yeah, man, it was, you know, everybody's got their story of when they come home from the hospital, you know, and it really is true. You, you stand out there out on the curb, you're, you're loading up the, the car and, I remember looking at the hospital staff like, Mm. now, one of you is coming with us, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) How does this work now?
1: Surely, you know, we can't do
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) That is too funny. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. Well, we're talking today about this article that you wrote called A New Father. And um, I know we're just joking about how you felt back then, but this is such a cool article, Nate, thinking about Hezekiah and thinking about a little bit about him and his relationship with his dad, but more importantly, the way he kind of embodied kind of the character traits of mm-hmm. his great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, yeah. uh, David. <clears throat> um, getting into this article, Nate, can you kind of help us remember who Hezekiah is? Where was he at in the Bible story, and what was his kind of role in Israel? Sure, yeah.
1: First of all, Riley, I I, I love how you love the the smaller articles
0: (laughs) this was a smaller one (laughs) yeah you love it
1: you love it just (laughs) for the record so that you guys all know if you're listening to this riley is the one who chooses (laughs) which articles we're going to discuss and he's got you know the he's got the pick of the litter he can do whatever he wants and uh and this is a little jam. It's a small one. i going to stretch it out. I can into... <laughs> see it right now on my screen. 343 words. I mean, that's that's not very long. But I, hope, I hopefully it was helpful to people. So I'm always curious when I we open it, these up. You're like, hey, let's talk about this one. And I, I go, what is he going to ask me about How are we going to talk anymore yeah. about this? But sometimes this. those are the best ones to have discussion about because I said so little I in know. the piece. So there's more to say. That's what I'm saying. Out
0: loud. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, Hezekiah, he was a king in Judah. He was generally one of the good kings in Judah. And when I say Judah, what um, I mean by that is that David, of course, had been king of all of Israel. Saul Mm -hmm. had been king of all of Israel before him, but David was the one that actually developed it into like a legitimate monarchy. David's son Solomon was also king of all of Israel. Uh, and so was his son, Rehoboam, until mm-hmm. Rehoboam, through his own decision-making and unwillingness to receive good counsel, decided to be very stern with all of the tribes that comprised the nation of Israel, and ten tribes broke off and did their own thing in the north. So for vast portions of the Bible, Israel mm-hmm. is the ten northern tribes, and Judah is the tribe of Judah and uh, Benjamin, which they encompassed. And they get a lot of attention because they were a very big tribe, a big region, but they also had Jerusalem. That means they had the temple and the Ark of the Covenant. And so Hezekiah was a king in Judah. And he was generally one of the good kings, and he was like the kings in Judah were related to King David. And in the passage that I quoted from in Second Chronicles 29, uh, there's just this little mention that Hezekiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, had done. And if you were just dropping into that, line it didn't know anything else about the Bible you might suspect or guess that David was his literal father in other words he had a son and his son was named Hezekiah but of course we know just from reading the whole Bible and even as you're just reading second chronicles everybody Mm -hmm. knows David was actually Hezekiah's great 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 I don't know how many greats yeah. grandfather a couple hundred years removed from Hezekiah but Hezekiah's dad a guy named Ahaz was terrible okay, <laughs> so yeah. so it it would for Hezekiah to behave righteously you couldn't say he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord according to all that his father Ahaz had done because Ahaz was just a terrible man hmm. so what what Hezekiah was doing was was emulating somebody different. Hmm. It's like he's uh, kind of the point of my article was it's kind of like the guy picked a new dad. He just said, like, I'm not going to connect with my own biological father. And of course, there was David's blood running through his veins. But it's like there was a rejection of his immediate father and the choosing of his great, 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 great grandfather to say, this is the one that I'm going to connect myself
0: to. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, in the article you wrote, um, there's kind of three main kind of portions of the article, and the first one was David, his father, and uh, you just mentioned it, but Hezekiah didn't really want to follow in the footsteps of his dad. He followed more in the footsteps of David, and rather than maybe focusing on Hezekiah's dad and what he didn't want to emulate, you mentioned that Hezekiah really emulated the characteristics of David, so can we talk about that for a minute? What were like some of the attractive features of a guy like David that Hezekiah wanted to actually emulate?
1: Yeah, well, when you look at Hezekiah's life, he was a guy who prayed. He was a guy mm-hmm. who sought the Lord. He was a guy who, when times were difficult, he partnered up with Isaiah and asked Isaiah okay. to pray for him and yeah. seek the Lord for him. Uh, there were times where he was stressed and burdened because of coming armies, and he would take their threats. There was one passage Mm -hmm. where they wrote down all their threats in letter form, and he took them to the house of the Lord and spread them out the letters before God. And all of those things are very Davidic. You Mm -hmm. know, David was a guy who loved the tabernacle, wanted to build a temple, loved the presence of the Lord, loved the Ark of the Covenant. He, He loved praying. He loved crying out to God. He loved in the face of pressures or battles, asking the Lord to be his salvation. Mm. Like he loved all that. So I think, you know, that was probably the biggest thing that Hezekiah emulated. I mean, David was responsible for like expanding territory and really like nation building. Hezekiah wasn't so much in that um, time in Israel's history. In fact, he made some bad decisions, just like David did, uh, that actually led to the nation getting smaller there was a point in his life where he showed off all of the treasures in the temple to the babylonians and uh, or the chaldeans and god you know said look the those very people that you showed off all these things to they're gonna eventually someday come and take judah captive as my discipline against judah for some idolatry that's been existing in the nation Mm -hmm. for hundreds of years now and so Hezekiah, you know, he was part of that. But in general, I think if you had a bottom line, what was similar between Hezekiah and David, well, there was a desire to be obedient to God. yeah. Uh, and then there was a devotion to God, like a love for him, a worship towards him, which Ahaz, Hezekiah's dad, had not done. Yeah, you know, he had right. introduced a lot of idolatry into the nation. I'm cracking up right now. I'm looking at the article. <laughs> And when I said so Hezekiah went all the way back to his great 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 grandfather David I wrote exactly that amount of greats, I think I might have gone back to count I think I counted the generations so that I could get the number of greats that's so accurately laid out and I'm sure most. Of the readers. Are going to fact check you, Picked man. up on that, yeah. That's
0: yeah. so good. I love it. I was going to actually ask you that if you actually counted, because it was a lot of greats. I was like, it's getting a little excessive unless it's for real. <laughs> it's, a <laughs> it's a little much. It's a little much. Hey, well, the second thing that you mentioned is that fathers impact everyone. Uh, they have a great impact sometimes or not so good of an impact, like we see here with Hezekiah and his dad. Um, But even though Hezekiah was... I imagine to some degree impacted by his father. It's pretty evident that, um, he became a unique kind of man out of his family. Um, so Nate, do you have any thoughts about that? How did Hezekiah kind of step out of his father's footsteps to become a, a man like David, a greater man for the Lord? Yeah, this was
1: where I really wanted to go with the article and what Mm -hmm. I wanted to think about and what I'm happy to talk about. Um, Because what really stood out to me was, you know, just thinking about so many people that I know, um, so many people that you know, just the modern kind of thing, you know, fathers are really important. Mm -hmm. And I think Hezekiah's move is pretty rare. You know, a lot of times people are like either emulating their dads for evil or... Rebelling against their dads, mm-hmm. but also for evil, um, and what Hezekiah did was this thing of like saying, "It's just not sufficient for me to be like what my dad. I have to. I have to find a new model." Mm-hmm. And in the New Testament era, with the gospel, what we have is an opportunity. To connect ourselves to our Father in heaven mm-hmm. and to say, He's the one that I want to emulate. He's the one that I want to follow. In fact, kind of reminds me of that phrase at the end of uh, Matthew chapter 5, as Jesus gave the mm. Sermon on the Mount, Yeah, he said an incredible thing. He said, you therefore must be perfect mm-hmm. as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, I don't think that what he was saying was, mm-hmm. this is what would be required for salvation, perfection, now you need to attain it. And of course, that part of that message would be true if for a person to be saved before in the sight of God, or clean in the sight of God, they have to have a moral perfection. It's just that we can't actually live out that moral perfection. We have to have that moral perfection imputed to us by the blood of Mm -hmm. Jesus and have to receive his moral perfection by faith that, that he grants that to us but once you receive that from the lord there's this desire in the believer to say you know I want to I want to follow my father's lead I want to be like my father in heaven so what i said mm-hmm. in the article was a person must say i'm going to connect myself to my father in heaven he is the one i will emulate and imitate for i cannot follow my earthly father in this or that and uh and I don't know exactly how that happened for Hezekiah and mm-hmm. how that unfolded. At some point, he was exposed to the law. At some point, he was exposed to David's life. At some point, he began asking questions about his own heritage and family and ancestry. And it all came together and he realized, you know, what my father has done with all of these idols, all the things he's encouraged, all the licentiousness that he has promoted, I just can't do that when it's my Mm. turn. And maybe some of it had to do with the fact that he would have been thinking about this during his life, his upbringing, you know, someday I will be the king in Israel and how Mm. will I behave and what will I do? And he calculated, I just can't go that direction. And his heart was loyal to the Lord. He wasn't the only king to make a reversal like that, but it was beautiful
0: when it happened. Yeah. Amen. The third point that you mentioned in the article is that Hezekiah became a man worth following. And um, without kind of trying just to ask the same question I've already asked, it just seems like he really did break a family cycle, it seems, in going towards sin. He really, he kind of bent his life towards righteousness and honoring the Lord. Um, But maybe we just kind of talk for a second about just kind of like the redemption, I guess, that kind of happened in his life from his early childhood years, knowing his dad to then becoming a man who could actually lead a nation into mm-hmm. righteousness, into following the Lord. Um, what can we expect from God in our lives as we do choose to follow the Lord? I mean, even if we have a a father who has led us into wickedness or something, but what can we expect from following a God who is righteous and who gives us a spirit? Yeah. And everything?
1: This week I'm getting ready to to teach uh, Hebrews uh, chapter six, the back half of it to the church. And he talks in at that portion of Hebrews about the promises that God has given. And hmm. it talks about them in the context of the promise that God made to Abraham, that through him, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And that God assured that promise that it would come to pass Mm -hmm. uh, by making an oath that he would do it. Um, And that we should, as a result, those of us who have run to him for refuge, we should also have a strong confidence and belief and Mm -hmm. hope that goes Behind the veil, an anchor of the soul that goes behind the veil, where our forerunner Jesus has already gone for us, and of course it is taking us mm-hmm. into and inviting us to right. go into today. And and the word that I'm thinking of right now is that word hope. You know, the the reality here is that if if um, if you, if you're like Hezekiah and you had mm-hmm. you know terrible examples, terrible influences, terrible experiences growing up or whatever, um, the possibility is that Jesus, he can give you hope Mm -hmm. that you could turn the events, that he could change the course of history in your own life and family line, and that you could, like Hezekiah, become a man that was worth following. So, I mean, just Mm -hmm. follow it out. It's real simple his dad was not worth following. Hezekiah was worth following. His children should have emulated him. Now, one of his sons, at least Manasseh, Mm -hmm. didn't follow him, at least at first. He did near the end of his life at his deathbed. But he just became a man that was worth following. And I think sometimes we just think that this type of thing is impossible, that you need to have the right education, the right upbringing, the right situation, and then you'll You'll, you know, be a good person. You'll have a life that's worth following. But that's not true. The mm-hmm. The Lord can get into your life, change the course of where things are going. And so I guess in on one hand, I would love to talk to any man that's out there who, um, you know, is trying to restart his line right. like Hezekiah. Yeah. You know, and my encouragement to you is that it is possible, but it will take a lot of dedication to the Lord because Mm -hmm. some of the things that might just come naturally to other people, you know, like, well, my dad, you know, he hugged me loved me, you know, and was kind to me, you know, and so I do that for my kids naturally. Mm -hmm. Some of those things you might not have. You might not have that natural advantage, but don't use that as an excuse. Don't stay stuck. Mm -hmm. in that place. Instead, say, I have hope that as Jesus works in my life, as I'm conformed into His image, as I'm transformed Mm. to be like Him, as I feed on His Word, as I stay in prayer, as I stay in fellowship, as I stay in service, as I stay in generosity, as I do all of these things, God is going to work in my character. He's going to change me. He's going to transform me and make me into a man worth following, even if I didn't come from a man that is worth following. So, you know, I think that's kind of the thought in my mind, at least, was just hope. You know, as you look at Hezekiah, there's hope. You know, there's someone mm-hmm. that you can connect yourself to. And through the blood of Jesus, there is
0: hope that you can be like him. Amen. Maybe just wrap this up, Nate, I love what you just said about what God can do may maybe we can speak to the person who's just looking for a better role model so a man out there who has had an unfortunate situation with their father. they don't feel like they can follow their father and they're just looking for somebody to kind of like be like mm-hmm. where can they go to find a good man to emulate
1: <laughs> Well, I mean, you'd love to say, go to church mm. you know, and that can work mm-hmm. but you have to uh, to to me you can't just go to church you know you uh, the, the reality is i've been thinking about this recently unless you really start like serving in, in church i think it's really hard to build some of those connections yeah. mm-hmm. you know community is really important so You know, you might through a a smaller kind of ministry in your church, whether it's a life group or small group or community group or a smaller Bible study or something like that. You might make those connections there, but another really rich, if not richer form of community in the church is teams that are serving Mm -hmm. people and doing things, you know, whether it's leading a ministry or an outreach or something like that. And part of the reason I say it that way is because generally you've got a better shot of finding um, someone worthy of imitation in that smaller group than always in just even like a Bible study or a life group. I mean, those are people who've made a good decision, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have Christian maturity that's worthy of emulation Mm. yet, so it'll be helpful, but... A lot of times when you're serving with other people, and I I tend to find, I think a lot of times, it's in those serving environments that more of the cross-generational kind of things happen anyways. So when you're in those kind of environments, I think it can be really good. So those would be two things I'd suggest. You know, find Christian community community and then also find an area to use your gifts or to serve you know i mean i don't even like to say it use your gifts because i think some people get hung up on that and Mm -hmm. they wait their whole lives trying to figure out what their gifts are and what Mm -hmm. they're looking for is some way to express themselves and their gifts just serve find find some area you know to, to to be needed and depended on and i think you'll come across you know some people that are worthy of imitation but also just when you're with your church family, look around, you know? I mean, through some simple, non-creepy, observational tools, you could look and see men that are, um, you know, whether if they're married, they're taking care of their wife and their children. Uh, They just seem to be the kind of person that you would look up to. And I think you'd be surprised how often if you just go to them and say, hey, you know, I'm a young guy, um, I don't know really what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure out how to live this Christian life. Um, do you have any words of advice for me? Mm-hmm. Could I grab coffee with you? Could I pick your brain about uh, different things about you know whatever life stage you're in that you think they could speak into? Mm-hmm. And just asking, you know, you don't have to necessarily say like would you disciple me? Would you, you know, spend the next year with me? It might turn into that, but to just say, can I, can I pick your brain about a thing or two? Uh, There's some things I'd like to learn. You'd be surprised how often uh, solid Christian men are open and receptive to that kind of thing, mm. because they know that somebody did that for them. You know, they didn't end up the way they are on accident. Somebody poured into their lives and spoke into their lives as well. So. They want to give back. They want to do what what Jesus taught them to do. So be a little bit bold, I guess, would be another exhortation or another source of uh, encouragement. And then also, I think just like getting uh, with your peers, you know, I think of like what you're doing with, in in our church at least, with our young adult ministry. Mm -hmm. And that's not a small group per se, it's just, you know, it's a Bible study for a certain age group. And, you know, I'm sure there are people in that group that are really godly and people who are still trying to Mm -hmm. figure things out and probably even some that are carnal. And Mm -hmm. as you go to a ministry like that or a group like that, you might interact with some other godly people. And then I think another great resource for us is that, you know, you don't always have to personally know or interact. I mean, all those examples and exhortations I just gave, they're all... Very human, very real. Like you can get to know someone in a life group, in a service opportunity at your church on a Sunday, or in a ministry. But we also live in a time. I mean, uh, the people that are listening to this mm-hmm. speak English, so and yeah. have uh, the ability to download digitally. So English-speaking people with an internet connection have so many great oh, resources yeah. that they mm-hmm. can get into. I was just speaking at immense just spoke at a men's conferences last weekend where I just made a special page on my website with just a bunch of articles for them about manhood Mm. and you know to get into stuff like that to read you know solid Christian books about men and what men are you know we have some great examples and great friends that we can gain right there I mean for for Hezekiah You know he. That's all he could do with David. He just heard about David. He read David's Psalms. He had a similar relationship to David that I have with Mm -hmm. David, or that you have with David. So in a sense, we can go into Scripture. We can make friends with people that we're listening to, or that we're reading, or then above all that, Scripture itself, and that will help us as well. I I think that you could, if you were void of any solid male relationships, I think that you could, if you had a Bible and you were converted, you could become a solid and incredible man because you Mm -hmm. have the Spirit of God living inside of you. You have the Word of God that is being held up like a mirror to you and helping shape and chisel and form you Mm -hmm. into Christ's likeness So really... That is the main thing that we need in growing in that way. But obviously, some of those other relationships are really helpful, too, and, uh, and good to follow. So, you know, all of them are a good, good way to approach it.
0: Thanks for tuning in today. If you'd like to hear some more content from Pastor Nate, please subscribe to the Jesus Famous Podcast. Each week, we'll be posting conversations just like the one you just heard, as well as some live readings that Pastor Nate is posting a couple times a week. For any more articles, books, or resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com. Catch you next week.